Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. Hi, I'm Karen Ellen Becker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. This show is being brought to you in an effort to showcase all the wonderful nonprofits in our community, as well as to educate you on resources available and also how to use your passion to get involved and to give back. I have two guests today. We are going to be talking about human sex trafficking and restoration and prevention. And then there, those are two, um, two topics that I don't think that many of us are often really familiar with. It's something that we hear about, but I don't know that we've ever, even for myself, that I've ever sat down and really talked to somebody to truly understand it. So my two Two guests are Krista Hull, who's the founder and executive director of Redeem and Restore, and also Jarrett Luckett, who is the executive director of Exploit No More. And um, this is really uh, a serious topic. I mean, all things are, but this is something that is even hard to think about. So, Krista, how did you, first and foremost, how did you get involved in this and found this you know, as a founder of this organization? Well, I never dreamed of doing what I'm doing today, (laughs) Um, but circumstances in life have led me to this point. I, you know, I was a regular average child who, who encountered some trauma and sexual exploitation as a child, and no one knew until I was an adult. Uh, But looking back and trying to work through that own healing on my own, I... I saw the need of so much, I saw so much brokenness in others, and I was searching for how can I help others that feel so alone and isolated and and in nowhere to connect with to get help. And, and so I was just searching for what I was able to do, what could I do. And, and I knew about human trafficking, but even I originally thought, well, what could I do about that? That's so huge. That's so deep. Um, but I was drawn uh, to it and just started researching and connecting with various organizations around the U.S. and learning, and uh, and that is just how I began. And my heart, it, it was all about the burden of, of the seriousness and how could I be there for women? How could I help them? And it was just obviously clear as soon as I began to research that the safe home and restoration and services together it was the key, and I wasn't seeing it. Uh, very in very many areas and so very naively I talked with a friend and said wow well maybe we can make this happen and again I accentuate naively because I didn't have a clue what that meant Uh, but once I started there was no turning back and once I met a survivor that is what has been the fuel to keep me going seeing the hope that is possible from this darkness you know Krista you you say naive and I think of myself as being very bright and pretty much in the know of of, you know things that are going around but I don't know why I had this perception that human trafficking was happening somewhere else right I I thought of it maybe in other countries and other places and um but I never really thought of it in terms of it could be part of our community. And so what does that look like 
for Wisconsin. And when you talk about it, I mean, it, it almost doesn't feel like it fits in with that word, Wisconsin, human trafficking. <laughs> right. Well, we certainly don't want it to. Um, but how I relate it whenever I talk with people and try to relate it to, you know, get I talk about bursting people's bubbles, getting in there and so they can see the picture. I talk about simple things that can happen like with me, you know, a simple game of kick the can, a fun game as a kid. Um, you technically don't get tackled, but I was, and, and it was by a boy, and, and that is when he he first um, did inappropriate things to me, you know, things like that, but also talking that everyone is vulnerable, especially when we're under the age 25, we are so vulnerable. We can have all the right information and still do the wrong things, just like as me, you know, I, I knew I didn't like these things that were happening to me that were going on, but I didn't know what to do with it. And, and so I just I tried to ignore it and move on. And that is what so many people do. And when I began this journey for Redeem and Restore Center, it was about the restoration. And even I thought it was more foreigners. But when I realized and started to learn that most of the victims here in the U.S. are U.S. citizens, that it is people in every county across the U.S. Um, I just talk about who, where are the evil people? Where do they live? Do they just live in big cities? Do they just live in certain states? Well, no, they live everywhere. Where are the good people? Where do they live? Well, they live everywhere too. It's all in front of us. It's just so much of this is hidden and we talk about it hidden in plain sight because these are secretive things that they, people try to hide, and then the victims themselves try to hide from them often as well. So that's why it continues to thrive behind the scenes, but yet everywhere, because evil people do live everywhere. Hmm. That's a, that's a, a big statement, and it certainly is a big job to be able to sort through all that, not only for our communities, but for the individuals and the people that have been exposed to that type of behavior. So, Jarrett, look at, <laughs> exploit no more. How did you get involved? And one of the questions that I do want to ask is, Christy, you mentioned um, in terms of women, does this type of thing happen to men as well? Definitely, yeah. Human trafficking happens to women and, and <coughs> boys and girls. Um, so how I got involved in, in the anti-trafficking work is I found out about it a number of years ago. I was in my, my early 20s, and uh, I found out about what was happening to kids all across the world. Um, and I was I was crushed um, and uh I was crying. Like when I thought about it, I would cry. Um, and I'm like, what is wrong with me? Right. I'm like in my early twenties and I'm like, I am not a crier. Why am I crying? <laughs> um, and so, I mean, I remember there were times where I had to step away at work. Like if I thought about it and just like, you know, was, was tearing up, um, just couldn't imagine what was happening to, to these kids. And so I wanted to find a way as to how I could get involved. Um, that was almost 10 years ago. And so ex there was this prior to exploit no more. And so I started to find ways to, to volunteer, to, to give time back um, and really looking at, you know, what do I have around me? You know, what are my gifts? What are my talents? Um, what are my connections? You know, you don't have too many connections at, you know, 20. But, um, you know, what, what could I do to be able to play a role in, uh, in impacting this, this, this area? And so you've been doing this for 10 years, mm -hmm. and I bet you're still crying. Yes. Uh, I was just crying at work yesterday, <laughs> actually. Um, 
had a little bit of a breakdown moment. Um, but um, and it was more so we, we we just came from doing a training in Texas, um, and uh, you know in preparing for that training, uh, the a, a university in Texas did some research, and a part of that research uh, indicated that there were approximately seventy nine thousand kids in Texas alone who were being trafficked, and so. It was, um, you know, with had to in that time I had to focus on the the training and didn't have time to really process through just the weight of that seventy nine thousand kids in Texas alone, um, and that's just sex trafficking. That doesn't include labor trafficking. I'm sure we'll get more into the definitions of of those two things, but that's that's heavy stuff. And I'm very thankful that my heart still breaks for that. Um, you know, even ten years later, because it's easy to become to become numb. So, you know, I'm thankful for for those tears yesterday. You know, we're only alive as much as we feel. That's very true. We're going to take a quick break. My two guests is Krista Hull. She is the founder and executive director of Redeem and Restore. We just heard from Jarrett Lukett, who is the executive director of Exploit No More. When we come back, Jarrett, how about if you just jump in? You had talked about giving us some definitions, what, what you're actually talking about, both of you, to give us a deeper understanding of what what's really happening. And with that, we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, which is brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm Karen Ellen Becker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group, and um, it's so much fun to be doing the show today. Jill um, Oconomo generally does the show, and so I get to do it, and after doing Money Sense for 29 years, it's a, it's a little bit of a switch, but it's, it's really um, so much part of what I believe in and what EIG believes in is education. And there's the education around your money, and there's all that types of things. But there's also, I believe, in a really important piece to know about our community and to be educated on the things that are happening. And so often, when I look, Krista, who you're the founder and executive director of Redeem and Restore, and Jarrett Lukett, who is the executive director of Exploit No More, and we're talking about human sex trafficking and restoration and prevention I think the I know that being able to have this opportunity to bring both of you to our community so that they understand it's there's so many things that we don't even know are happening and sometimes they start in garages and it starts, sounds like both of you started at the very beginning and have been able to grow the um, grow these um, foundations and be able to um, grow the awareness is what what we would like to do. And so, Jared, before we took the break, you talked about definitions. Um, can you help us to understand what sex trafficking is? And you talked about labor trafficking. And mm-hmm. um, boy, that's something that I guess I hadn't thought about either. Yeah. So um, oftentimes, especially like in the media, we'll hear the term human trafficking. Human trafficking is a is an umbrella term. Um, I always put it in the most simplest way of human trafficking is when 
um, when someone is typically forced against their will to either sell their body for sex or sell their body for for labor. Uh, Those are the two most common forms of human trafficking. Uh, And then there's also organ trafficking. So people who are basically harvested for their organs and those organs are sold on the black market. Now, Organ trafficking is is more common outside of the of the U.S. Uh, the two most common forms of human trafficking in the U.S. is sex trafficking and labor trafficking, uh, and so most times, like in the media, we hear about sex trafficking. We don't hear too much about labor trafficking. Uh, both of our organizations focus more on on sex trafficking. However, labor trafficking uh, individuals who are forced to forced to to to, to work in very um, very difficult, very uh, unhumane conditions uh, happens here in the U.S. And those those victims of labor trafficking are are often U.S. citizens. Um, some who you know they, they may have immigrated here, um, and when they got here, the the exploiter, the the abuser, was an American. And so a lot of times we hear in the media that the um, human trafficking problem is all about all about immigrants. It's not. It, it's it's U.S. citizens who are exploiting and abusing individuals who are here in our country legally. In Racine, we, uh, along with another organization called UMOS, helped uh, a, a group of, of young men who were who were brought to Georgia. All of their proper documentation was was taken. They were here legally. And by and they were exploited by an American, and then um, about twenty-two of them were brought to work on a farm in Racine. Umos got got wind of this. Uh, the Mexican consulate, the Homeland Security, FBI were all involved in helping to rescue these young men. And so, labor trafficking happens as well. Um, but like I said, we we can help in that aspect, but we usually push that to our friends at, at Umos. Uh, and, and sex trafficking is so is so prominent. Uh, and it crosses it crosses all socioeconomic backgrounds. Krista mentioned that a little bit earlier that it can affect it can affect anyone. And so, sex trafficking when someone is forced to sell their bodies for for sex, either through force, fraud, or coercion. Uh, and usually, the usually the person who is exploiting them, um, which we often call the trafficker or a pimp, usually that person is someone that that individual knows. Um, and the average age of that of that victim is typically 13 years old. So you figure a 13-year-old, 7th, 8th grade, roughly. And so a lot of times what we what we see in the media, what we see in social on social media about, you know, there's this creepy guy who was following me at a store or who um was in a parking lot or something like that and, you know, someone's trying to like take somebody and you never see them again. That's not usually how it happens. Usually the the victim usually knows the the trafficker, and so there's a whole getting to know process that that happens called the grooming process. And so, you know, we stranger danger is definitely important, but we can't sensationalize how human trafficking happens and just looking at strangers when typically the abuser is someone that that kid knows or that adult knows as well. Krista, can you add to that? Boy, that's pretty. <laughs> Yeah, especially the the last part. Um, I wanted to add to add some more to that. Like the women that we work with now, and well, like all of them, they're all individuals, and the stories have many similarities, but they're all different. But all of them <laughs> have been recruited and groomed by someone who built a relationship with them. It is never 
been a stranger, and that's why they have such a hold on them. It's not a stranger you try to escape from. It's someone who you begin to believe that you care for, that you love. That can be a woman. That can be, you know, vice versa. It doesn't matter who's being exploited and who the exploiter is. It is not just men exploiting. It is women as well, um, and it's it's the same. So it's a relationship. It can be an older sister uh, figure. It can be like with my friend April. It could be uh, a boyfriend uh, or someone who begins a friendship, especially now, again, the scary part of being a parent, as I am, um, of older children now, but still are our technical devices. They're wonderful, but everything that is wonderful can also be used for evil. Um, and so they find ways to manipulate. And then, as we have seen reports of how our youth and even adults become to begin to become more cut off um, from relationship because of the device, they they focus on relationships through Facebook, through apps, and, and relating that way instead of conversations and phone calls, and that makes you more isolated. Even though you feel connected, you're more isolated, and then they build, start relationships that way as well. It doesn't have to be face-to-face as they begil, begin the relationship, but it is still a relationship. And this can happen to any child from any home. And adults. And adults. Can think of a time as an adult when you may have been somewhat vulnerable. Maybe not vulnerable thinking this would happen, but vulnerable. I know adults who, again, one who from a prior relationship saw the glamour of stripping with her boyfriend. And then a couple of years later, life was a little difficult. And she just was thinking in her head, well, you know. I could go to that strip club and strip for a little bit and get some extra money and then go about my business. Financially, she was struggling. She was in her 30s. And, and okay, so that's what happened. But then she met a guy who began a relationship with her who then flipped her, as they call it. They switch, flipped the switch and then began to manipulate and sell her, and he kept the money. So, again, vulnerability, I mean, can come at any time through divorce, financial Again, how you were raised, what your life has been up to this point, just because, uh, just like if you were manipulated as a child and you were brought into trafficking, it's not like when you turn 18, you're like, oh, I'm 18, I'm an adult, I can walk away now. It's the same. No, it's because they've been set up. They believe these things, these lies about themselves, the lives, uh, the life around them, what is normal but not a good normal. So they, it's not an age thing that sets you free. It's, it's good relationships, people that come around, and again, that's what we focus on, the restoration, come around them that help them to live the life that they were meant to live. Is that an addiction, in a sense? Uh, for the for Does it become almost like an di- addiction for the woman that's been, or the man who's being abused or being used as trafficking? I mean, they just kind of get addicted to that lifestyle, or do they not really... Uh, I have heard some, uh, like one one woman that we've been working with, she she did describe after her rape and then her introduction to porn and the pornography world of making films, she brought up that she felt that at that point, because she had never had sex prior, the rape, and she was an adult, and she s- described that as it became an addiction and she was but it was the chaos of the trauma Mm -hmm. and that's how she described it but often they do not describe it as addiction um some of the buyers may say that uh but it's not i think it that it is a play in, in few but it's more the trauma repetitive trauma 
um, changes the way you think about yourself, the way you see the world. As those that are in this um, industry in all, all forms, they call it the life, and I always describe it as the no life because just as they try to leave that no life, they can't just – there's no – quick transition it's like such another world of the life that you know generally we live to the life that they lead there there is no meshing they are so contrary to each other they're so different that's why it's so hard to transition out of that life um so i would disagree with addiction Mm -hmm. mostly yes my two guests today, and we just heard from Krista Hull, who is the founder and executive director of Redeem and Restore, and also Jared Lukat, who is the executive director of Exploit No More. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group and Karen Ellen Becker, founder and senior wealth advisor. I have two guests today, Krista Hull, who is the founder and executive director of Redeem and Restore, and also Jared Lukat, who is the executive director of Exploit No More. Jared, you had um, mentioned earlier in the show about um, trafficking and who are the people that do this? I mean, who are the key players um, that kind of make this happen? Yeah, so this kind of you know ecosystem of traffic of, of especially sex trafficking. Um, you have a, a trafficker, so that's it. That's the abuser. You have a, a buyer. Um, and you have a victim. And so a trafficker, uh, Krista kind of mentioned this, like a trafficker can be, can be anybody. Um, there, it could be someone's parent. It can be someone who is a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Um, it, can be, it can be a friend. We, we helped a, a young woman. She was 26. Uh, long story short, she came from Oceanside, California, with her, with her friend to Milwaukee. Um, her friend told her that they were coming here to build their, mod- their modeling portfolio. When they got here, her friend introduced her to to this pimp um and he started forcing this this 26 year old to sell her body for sex uh around the greater milwaukee area uh and so you know she long story short like i said you know there's so much to it but uh she started to refuse um she was hurt in a variety of ways um that was a part of the control um she wasn't doing it willingly but when you're getting beaten so much i don't want to go into all those details but when you have that type of level of abuse that's happening to you eventually you do what you're told to do um and she started refusing more uh and thankfully you know she wasn't hurt anymore he just let her go downtown milwaukee just put like just let her go on a corner um she was able to 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 get some 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 help uh and so she's a 26 year old mother mother of two uh oceanside california beautiful i don't know if you've ever been to oceanside it's a beautiful beautiful area and um got you know got here and so her trafficker uh a part of that scenario was her friend somebody that she knew and so like i mentioned earlier it's not always someone who is some some stranger she came here because of her friend uh and then you have the you have the the victim so like i mentioned you know she was a she was 26 year old chris uh, krista mentioned um you know adult some adult women as well and the 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 profile of a of a victim it's not someone who is always um 
you know, maybe in, in poverty. And that's oftentimes what people think of somebody who comes from a, a maybe a single family household or uh, a, a chaotic household or something like that. Victims run the wide gamut from, yes, they were in poverty to people who are are, um, are well into their careers. You know, um, we know of a, a, a adult woman who she's a nurse, lived in Waukesha County. She had a surgery. She got addicted to pain pills. So the whole opioid epidemic, she got addicted to pain pills. She couldn't get her pain pills anymore. So she started using drugs. She couldn't afford her drug habit anymore. And so her drug dealer started forcing her to sell her body for sex in order for her to get her drugs. And so you know, she's RN, making good money, married, has a family, and she became a victim of sex trafficking. Like who who would have thought? Um, and then one of the, you know, the we I think Chris and I would definitely agree that the the key player in in this in this factor is the the buyer the people who are are really causing the demand it's it's economics it's supply and demand if there wasn't a demand to purchase sex there wouldn't be the necessity to meet that demand and so you have the buyer the the average profile of a buyer in America is a middle-aged white man who is college educated married and has kids Really, that's the profile. Who has the money? That's the that that that's the that's the profile throughout the country. Mm-hmm. That's that's the demographic. And so, um, I was in the store earlier, and somebody. And this is for kids and kids buying so, kids so, and trafficking. So middle. So that's purchasing. average. I mean, granted, yes, of course, there's always things with averages, right? There's always people on either side of the spectrum. Um, but you have these adult men who want to purchase sex from a 13 year old. That's not okay. And as a as a man, us men, we need to have more conversations with with each other and with our with if we if we have sons about what does healthy sex look like, what is what is valuing a woman look like. You know, it doesn't make you a man to have sex, even if it's consensual. But it definitely doesn't make you a man to go buy sex. That that is not okay. And so, if you didn't have this demand from guys wanting to purchase sex from boys and from girls. We wouldn't have this issue of human trafficking. So traffickers, the victim, and the buyer are the, the three key components in human trafficking. Krista, you had talked a little bit earlier earlier about these kids and um, how how does this unfold when this woman, as you said, wanted to get out mm-hmm. and a lot of these kids can't get her out or what if they do get out? What... What does that all look like? Well, to again, like Jarrett, don't want to get too dark, but just to help you see the picture without going too deep is, you know, we can all imagine if someone was raped, how horrific and life-altering that would be, right? But now picture, not picture, but just realize <laughs> that what if you were raped every day, every day of the week, multiple times throughout the day, you don't get days off and for nothing, Um that, that's a level of trauma that we can barely comprehend because I can barely comprehend the one. But multiple, that I don't want to go there. That's just too too much. Mm-hmm. But because of that, that's what they experience when they're sold over and over again, and they are made to do whatever the buyer wants. Again, just like in business, you know, the buyer gets what the buyer wants. So if it, you know, you they want the certain thing, you do it a certain way. If they want you to act a certain way, so you're you're acting and you're giving everything because we know that 
um, a sexual experience is not just physical. There is emotion and mental. It is, it is all of us. And so even when it's not consensual, it is all of us, whether we want it to be, all, all the parts of us, whether we want it to be or not. And so that leads to the, the level of trauma. And that's why it's not that we don't need to get them, you know, rescue them and get them a job. It's about connecting with them building relationship, just like what brought them into the no life, as I call it, to get them out is by coming around them. Um, one of the survivors I just was meeting with today, she, we're talking about uh, different things that we want to do. And she said, you know, it is about that consistency and multiple people gathering around, just caring, being human, relating, building a relationship, understanding that she doesn't know how to take care of this, her finances. She doesn't know, you know, how to get help. I had one girl who had been out of life and she just thought it was normal. Now this is going to, thought it was normal when she had a uh, flat tire on the side of the road. She thought, well, if a guy comes, I could just have sex with him so he could fix my tire. She thought that was normal. Our normal, their normal, they are not, (laughs) they do not connect in any way. We can't really understand that trauma. Um, But what to get them out, again, focusing on that is to love them, to care for them, help them what they, what they need, not to take control of them because they need to find out who they are. They need their personhood. They need their voice and we just need to guide them. And that's what Redeem and Restore Center is about, about being there to love them, restore them, support them in whatever area they need. Because again, the women that we work with, uh, currently, because we're working to open a home for women, but we don't have one, which more strategically is more difficult because they're all over the place. We've got Slinger, West Bend, Mequon, South Milwaukee, Waukesha, they're everywhere. And to connect with them and to help them where they're at in their healing process, have had they, are they just escaping, you know, the the trauma or have they been fighting through it for 10 years and still dealing with the PTSD, the one girl I worked with today, you know, she can't work a retail, retail job. It's, it's too much. She has too much PTSD because she was actually trafficked corporately, actually in this area, in Pewaukee, in Brookfield, through uh, high-end businesses. It was part of her job, uh, and the control over her went on for 10 years. And so to get them out, it's really about consistency, relationship, and just building those friendships. Let's take a, a, a quick, I have to take a breath. <laughs> well, they say pause. Yes. And so we're going to pause and uh, everybody can take a deep breath and we'll be back. My guest today is Krista Hull, founder and executive director of Redeem and Restore and Jarrett Lucas, who's the executive director of Exploit No More. When we come back, let's look at what does that look like to get out. And when you talk about people and do they how do you help them? Is this, are they living there? Are they, do you meet them where they're at, as you said, and what does that look like? And with that, we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. My guest today is Krista Hull, who is the founder and executive director of the of the um, Redeem and Restore, and Jarrett Lucas, who is the executive director of Exploit No More. And Crystal, Krista, um, let's say that somebody knows someone that they think 
is involved in this, that they have an idea and they wanted to do something? Or what does that look like to help them find a new normal? And where do they go and how do you actually help them? Well, there's no cookie-cutter answer for that, of course. Um, Just like you and I are very different, we may have some similarities, but you have different tastes and talents and personalities. It's the same with the victims. Now, they have similarities in their story of their manipulation and, and, and abuse, but, again, they're all individuals, so that makes it a little more complicated. And then the longevity of the trauma also has an impact on the length of healing. But like I was saying, it really does come down to that core consistency. So for us right now with the women that we try to work with, again, various, some very recent out of the no life, some it's been years, but it's finding out, you know, what do they need? Do they need help understanding how with their finances? So we need mentors who are who are really good at teaching others how to do their their finances and a checkbook and to save and how much do they need to make, um, then what do they enjoy? Because we need to help them to find joy in their life to get out of this darkness. We all need joy. We need some joy right now, right, after our conversation today. <laughs> um, and, and they do. They need, you know, like one of them, you know, I, I couldn't see it. I was so involved in the heaviness of the trauma and helping her with these basic life skills that – I forgot the basic life skill of social. And she's like, I really need some more social activities. I'm like, oh, my goodness. How foolish that, you know, I did not think of that. Um, and where, where do they live? I mean, if they're in this environment, they must be either living with a boyfriend or living with, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. But where? Well, well that again, do you help them with, do you help them with, do you help them with finding spaces? I'm trying right. to get an idea of right. how, how you help them. So somebody sitting here says how I know this person, but how would they help them? So a couple of them have an apartment and they have different jobs, but then they're constantly changing jobs because they're not able to keep a solid job because they're dealing with this. So, so some of them that, um, one, uh, we've been recently working with actually another, a uh, brother's girlfriend took her in and was being that place of safety. And she had been a teacher, so she had certain things that she knew she wanted to do structurally. But we were actually working to send her to a home um, because she needed to get away. Her family was in the area. Um, the triggers, you know, too, too easy to run back to it. Mm. Again, why does an abusive person go find another abusive relationship because it was their normal it's what they're used to so another thing is sometimes it's good to remove them at least to make it more difficult from the area where they can you know run away when it's tough you know because they have especially as adults not children as jared will talk about but the adults they have you know they can leave mm-hmm. uh any time from any type of care so for some of them we'll, we'll look for a home we are part of a national sheltered alliance and so we would contact and see who has an availability and where she would fit and help her get a home those that have rent sometimes we help them with rent help them with a job um yeah, work with other organizations, depending, again, it's individual. They come at, we find them through volunteers. They find us through our <laughs> website. I mean, and again, every story is so different. They're so different. So we just find out what they need. Um, so they could be anywhere. They could be coming off the street or already have an apartment. And Krista, you deal with adults, and Jared, you deal with children. Yes. And what does that look like for children? 
Yeah, so um, children, it's a little bit more complicated because obviously they're, they're minors, and so usually Child Protective Services is, in, is involved. Um, police, FBI um, are, are often involved in looking at um, how to help a, a child who's coming coming out of, of that life. Is um, this like missing children that we hear about often? Not not always. No. no. Many of these individuals are still are not missing. Many of these these individuals are still going to going to class, going home to have dinner, still doing their normal activities. Um, and so that's why it's important to to learn more about this about this issue. Um, there's only so much we can talk about in, 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 in one show. Um, and so, you know, learning more of the nuances of like, what does this look like? What are some of the signs that we should be we should be looking mm-hmm. for? Um, we have a lot of that information on our on our website exploitnomore.org um, and so yeah, w- currently we, ha- we have a home as well that we're working on on opening we're finishing up renovations on that and that home is to to help um, provide housing and that housing can look very different for, for minors it could be short term stay from a couple you know, more emergency type of care to more long term care um, looking at we're looking at what the needs are um, and working with police FBI Child Protective Services, getting their input on, you know, what are the current needs? What, you know, what's your wish list of, of placement for these kids when they're, you know, uh, picking them up from, you know, arresting whoever this buyer was. Hopefully this buyer gets arrested, um, but helping this kid out of the situation, where are they going to be placed? Uh, there's not a lot of good housing options. Um, many return back home uh, and, you know, if home is a safe place and then you run into the other challenge of, who's helping to support the parents. And so part of our programming is looking at how can we, how can we support the parents as well? Cause if you can imagine, you know, if it was your daughter, you found out that she was being um, exploited through a, a boy at, at her school um, happened in Southern Waukesha County, young lady uh, didn't have a lot of friends, felt very insecure. A boy at school found out about that vulnerability, and he started convincing her to sell her body for sex at, at the school. He was he was exploiting her in the high school. High school boys buying sex from this from this girl, and this kid is cashing in on it. The, the boy is cashing in on it. Southern Waukesha County, and so you you're the parent of this young girl. You find out about this. You did everything that you could do to raise this kid properly, right? You, you provided a good lifestyle, you know, you went on the family trips, you, you went to church, you did this and all that, and you find out that this happened to her, that this girl, our, our baby was having sex with five boys a day at school. What the heck do you do as a parent? And so helping to provide support for, for parents on what to, what to do now after you find that out, how, how do you help your child through that? How do you help yourself through that? Um, many parents have become alcoholics. Many parents have, be, uh, have gotten divorced after finding out situations like this because it's so difficult to deal with and, and not having the support to, to deal with that. Um, In a way, it's like a death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very much so. Um, like Krista was mentioning before, you know, trauma, we could talk for a long time about trauma and the impacts of trauma and how trauma can literally rewire your DNA. Um, the whole fight and flight that happens in our in our body when we endure trauma uh, and just how that how that impacts us like we it changes who we are literally and so you know that child how she was however long she's been in this life she's going to continue to to change and it's not going to be the same it's not you know Ashley's not that's not her name but just saying you know Ashley is not going to be the same 15 year old that she was after she's been in this life for a while you talked about um, 
changes and unfortunately we don't have a whole lot of time left we've got about two minutes and so how can people be involved as they're listening to this you know i think about all the retirees that are retiring now and saying you know i'd like to really give back how can they give back to both of your organizations so jared do you want to start yeah i would say um variety of ways uh you know knowledge capital uh, you know, you, your, your experience as a professional, you know, a nonprofit is still a business. And so looking at, you know, how we operate um, efficiently as an organization, how we accomplish our mission very efficiently is, is really important. Um, we have a variety of volunteer opportunities. And so one of the key things that you can do, because um, this is a, a very broad topic, um, go to our website, exploitnomore.org. Uh, find out more about what we do. Don't hesitate to contact us. Go to our contact us page. Shoot us a message. We're happy to, to, to chat more um, and, and learn more. Learn more about this topic. It, there, there's a lot to learn. We have a podcast. Um, all that is on our, on our website, exploitnomore.org. And Krista, Krista Hall, founder of um, Redeem and Restore. What can people do? Yeah, same thing, our website, redeemandrestore.org. Uh, we have a list, uh, take action, and there's volunteer. There's a volunteer list of opportunities. Um, but then we want to find out what do you do? What do you enjoy doing? Because we want you to share that with us as an organization or the individuals. We do trainings, uh, quarterly domestic human trafficking 101 trainings, and now we do an advocacy training 102 as well to help prepare others to work with the survivors as well because we can have great intentions and still cause harm. So we have those trainings, but we have lots of things. If they just look at redeemandrestore.org, we need, like you said, business help, finances, you know, finances are great. We need that, but you can do more than your finance. You can be involved there. It is endless because these are people and the needs that they have are endless and we need all types of skilled people to help bring life to from death. So you can go to restorationandprevention.org? No, redeemandrestore.org. I'm sorry. That's okay. (laughs) Redeemandrestore.org and then exploitnomore.org. Of course, having financial help is always great. Right. This is the end of the year. Gifting is big. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can gift if you're at seven and a half. You can gift up to a hundred thousand out of your IRA. Um, so that's always a good thing. But it's a, it's a it's great at the end of the year to um, be able to know that you're making a difference. And it certainly sounds like this is something. As I've got granddaughters, five granddaughters, and I've got two grandsons, and um, you know these are issues that would be a nightmare for any family and so I I truly do understand Jared what you're saying about the parents and the support and and helping them and uh, I want to thank both of you I want to thank Krista founder of and executive director of um, of Redeem and Restore and um, also Jared look at who is with Exploit No More and thank you for all um, you do and the impact that you're making in our community. If any of you have further information about these organizations, you can call or email Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach for Ellen Becker Investment Group. Join us again next week as we talk with other inspiring guests who will share how they are making a difference in our community. And um, have a great weekend. Bye. Thanks for having us. Thank you.